Hey everybody, and welcome to the Growth Tribe Podcast, where we're all about growing ourselves and empowering us to live badass lives on our terms. I'm Ellen, and I'm a former biomedical researcher turned coach who finally nixed my own BS and started to take action to create a life that was mine. I transformed my health, traveled the world for a year, started my own business, and probably freaked my family out about the choices I was making along the way. Here on the Growth Tribe, we believe that it's not always about success. Sometimes it's just about doing life right and on your terms. And we have to be purposeful and intentional about laying that foundation, whether that's learning how to show up as our most authentic, confident selves, getting clear on what we want in our lives, and so much more. We've got amazing interviews, big stories, tips, tricks, and no bullshit action steps that we can all learn from. And I am so pumped to share it with you. So with that, welcome to this episode of The Growth Tribe. Hey everybody, and welcome back to the Growth Tribe Podcast. This episode might have caught you off guard because in the last one I said we were taking a hiatus until January 8th, but you know what? I tend to just roll with my spur of the moment inspiration, and this was one of those moments where I was inspired because guess what? It's 2019 now. Like This episode is coming out on New Year's Day 2019, and that is so freaking exciting I, anytime there's a, you know, a new day, a new week, a new month, a new year, I, it's just a pivotal moment for me of just being like, cool, I've got a blank slate. I'm big on giving yourself a blank slate. And so many of us tend to approach New Year's as like the biggest blank slate of all, but y'all know I'm not a big New Year's person. I'm not big on New Year's resolutions. I'm big on goals. And I'm big on living intentionally and according to your vision, you know, always, but not just with each new calendar year. I feel like too many of us wait for a new year to make some changes in our life. But that doesn't change the fact that New Year's is a a pivotal moment for so many people. It doesn't change the fact that a lot of us, when New Year's rolls around, are in the headspace of wanting to make some changes, some big pivots, and some freaking transformation, you know, in the new year. So many of us use this day, this time of year as that catalyst. So we're going to roll with that today. And today we're going to really talk about how you can maximize that mood, that headspace of New Year's, and how you can really, really utilize it to make some serious moves in your 2019. We're going to talk more about this with our guests next Tuesday, but I wanted to give you something right now that you can really use to give you some tangible, actionable advice to take advantage of this headspace we're in. So in today's spur of the moment impulse episode, I wanted to give you just that. These are my top tips for maximizing New Year's 2019. Ellen here, and you're listening to The Growth Tribe. All right, so tip number one. Don't set a New Year's resolution. (laughs) You're probably like, the fuck is this girl talking about? But no, in all seriousness, I don't believe in New Year's resolutions. As I said in the intro, I tend to think people make too much of a deal about New Year's because any day, any new week, any new month can be seen as a blank slate. Too many of us wait until New Year's to set our big goal and to make that big change. But more so than that, there's a bigger reason why I don't like New Year's resolutions. 
Frankly, a year is too long of a time frame to set a goal in. A month is too short. You know, there's not a ton that you can get done in a month. A month is usually enough time to start to get some sort of routine and habit down, but a year is too damn long. And the reason why a year is too long is because when we set a New Year's resolution or we set a goal, even if it's not a New Year's resolution, when we set a goal to coincide with the new year, usually, you know, we're gung-ho, we're super excited about it for like the first few weeks, right? (laughs) Am I wrong? Um, We're really, really on top of things the first few weeks, but then obstacles start to happen. Things start to go wrong and we slowly fall off track. And that's not a problem. Like we can always get back on track, but the problem is when you set a a year long goal, you'll fall off track and we tend to be in the headspace of, oh, I have time. I can slack off a little bit because I have time. I have, you know, 11 more months if you fell off track at the end of January. I've got 11 more months. It's fine. I don't need to, you know, put on, you know, put on the jets now and and really hustle to make this happen. And then, you know, maybe you get halfway through the year and you're like, you know, I should get back on track with this goal, but I, I still have time. I still got six months. And then we don't actually realize, holy shit, there's only two months left in this year until like October. And then... We have all sorts of urgency. Pursuing the goal is stressful because we haven't given ourselves enough time. That's the biggest issue I have with New Year's resolutions and frankly, year-long goals is there's no urgency there. But I totally understand that a month is too short. Like setting monthly goals isn't helpful either because all of those feelings of stress and overwhelm and, you know, unnecessary urgency that we feel toward the end of the year, we can condense that down even further if we set a month-long goal. So what is my suggestion is to set intentional quarterly goals. I freaking love the book, The 12-Week Year. If you haven't read it, you should totally check it out. But basically, it is all about reframing our concept of goal achievement, not into yearly goals, which are so often spurred by New Year's, but into quarterly goals. Because ultimately, a quarter is enough time to make some substantial progress. You know, it gives you enough time to test things out, try things and fail, and still make course corrections so that you can still make progress over the course of three months. So I'm big on setting intentional quarterly goals. But also I understand that sometimes the biggest trick that people have when it comes to setting goals and even setting New Year's resolutions is setting the wrong goals. So I'm going to make a little shameless plug here. I have a three-part webinar series that is completely free on my website, which walks you through how to identify what are the goals that you really need to focus on? What are the parts of your life that you really, really need to focus on? And it's all at coachellen.com slash freebies. I'm going to link that in the show notes. So if you missed that, it's co- again, coachellen.com slash freebies, but you'll be able to access it in the show notes if you go to coachellen.com slash podcast. So this really helps you to narrow down what are the most urgent parts of my life that I need to set goals in that will, if I focus my energy in these places, that will move me forward the most. So don't set New Year's resolutions. I believe in setting intentional quarterly goals and the the tools I walk you through at coachellen.com slash freebies really, really help you to not only narrow down what those goals should be, but to also help with the intentional part. Another way that you can go about you know, tweaking how you approach New Year's and not necessarily doing a New Year's resolution is to choose a word that will color your year. If you want to, you can narrow that focus down even further to choose a word that will color, color your quarter. And what do I mean by this? 
What essentially what I mean is you might have actually seen this on Pinterest. I think this is originally where I saw it. Uh, but essentially it was people choosing a word and that word was going to be, you know, their, their motivator over the course of the year. It wasn't necessarily that they were setting a goal to do a particular thing, but they were picking a word that would color their essentially intention for how they were going to approach their year. I did this in, I believe it was 2015. Yeah, yeah, it was. Because 2015 was a big year for me. Um, And my word was fearless. And I basically chose that word. And the intention behind that word was, this year I'm going to do the thing that scares me. I'm going to do the thing that makes me really, really uncomfortable. And I'm going to do it fearlessly. I'm going to allow myself to fail. And if I do fail, I'm going to, hell, let's just say when I do fail. Because I did. Um... I'm going to pick myself up and I'm going to dust myself off and I'm going to keep moving forward. So my word was fearless. And throughout that year, I did things that I frankly had tried and failed to do before because I had this intention behind all of my actions of being fearless, of acting in spite of fear, essentially. I've seen a lot of other people do something very, very similar where maybe their word's intention, maybe their word's family. And ultimately, it's almost like you're setting a value. You're setting a value that you're going to really focus on over the course of your year. So those are my two suggestions is don't necessarily set New Year's resolutions. I think a more actionable and a more tangible way to approach New Year's is to either set intentional quarterly goals. And again, check out the the freebies, the three-part webinar series at coachellen.com slash freebies. Um, And then the other way to do this is to choose a word that is essentially you choosing your value and your intention for the year. My other tip, my second tip, So I got five of them, so I can't just say other. Uh, My second tip is to prioritize your health. Now, I'm not telling you here that, oh, you just ate so much over the holidays, so therefore you need to get back on track because now you're fatty. I am not saying that. What I am saying here, though, is we all could be better at prioritizing our health. And I'm not talking about how much weight to lose, what size of pants you should be, or dress you should be, or whatever. I'm talking about instilling habits into your life that support your vitality because here's the thing, and we're going to talk about this more with our guests next Tuesday. Health is the crux of everything. It's why self-care is such a huge value for me in my life, for me on my Instagram, for me in my coaching programs, because if you don't prioritize your health, you don't have the energy and vitality to really move forward and attack any other goal that you have in your life. If you're lethargic and lazy and, you know, struggle to get out of bed in the morning because you, you know, went to sleep at 2 a.m., you just can't show up as well in the rest of your life. Like health and vitality is the crux. It's the linchpin of why so many of us, you know, struggle in our lives or fail to achieve our goals is because we don't have the health to support it. So how can we prioritize our health better? You're probably not going to like some of these answers, but guess what? I'm going to say them anyway. Sleep. Sleep, people, sleep. For all of those of you who are telling yourselves that you get enough sleep, that you're one of the few and far between that can function off of four hours of sleep, oh my God, shut up, you're wrong. (laughs) And you know, maybe you're going to slide into my DMs and be like, Ellen, you're getting a little aggressive. But you know what? Sleep is crucial, okay? I am so sick of hearing people say, no, I don't need sleep. No, it's not important. You know, that whole sleep and you're dead thing, it's bullshit. Oh my God, is it bullshit. We all are so, you know, sleep deprived. And when you are sleep deprived, it affects your, you know, your health in, in, you know, so many different ways. It, it affects how you, 
you know, your digestive system. It affects your cognition, how your brain works. Like we've all probably heard that statement, you know, when you are sleep deprived, you're akin to a drunk person, but we ignore it. Like, do you really want to go to work? Do you want to function with your kids? Do you want to function with your significant other in a state of essentially being drunk 24 seven? No, I'm sure you don't. So get enough sleep. Like really the, the rule of thumb is I believe seven to nine and a half hours of sleep is what adults need. You may need slightly less than that. You may need slightly more than that. It is very person dependent, but I suggest that when it comes to sleep, you start with, you know, getting eight hours of sleep. And if you can't wake up without an alarm, without an alarm, you're probably still not getting enough sleep. Sleep is so, so huge. And I will, in some of my, uh, my monthly membership site in my online programs, we talk a little bit more about the science behind what happens when you don't get enough sleep. But all I'm going to say for now is it's crucially important. And really, if you want to show up as your best in your relationships, in your career, whatever, you need to sleep more. Another thing that a lot of us don't do is hydration. We don't drink enough freaking water. We are the vast majority of myself included. This is one that I struggle with don't drink enough water. We are dehydrated. And our bodies are like 70 plus percent water. It is so important for our brain health, our digestive health, you know, just our, like our skin health. If we're not hydrated, again, we don't function properly. My rule of thumb is generally speaking, take your, your body weight, This is going to be weird for those of my listeners that are European because I don't convert to kilograms well, but your body weight in pounds, divide that in half. So if you're 150 pounds, that would be 75. That's how many ounces of water you should be drinking every day. Again, I'm sorry for European listeners. I'm using my American, my American units of measurement. I'll apologize for that. Um, But yes, so you should take your, your weight in pounds, if you're 150 pounds, Cut it in half, so 75, and that's how many ounces of water you should be drinking, 75 ounces of water. If you drink more than that, great. Ultimately, and I learned this in high school soccer, if your pee is clear, you're hydrated. That's what we're shooting for here. You know, make sure your pee is clear. And some of my tips actually for getting enough water in is first thing when you wake up, drink water. Before every meal, drink a glass, if not a bottle of water. You know, use Waking up and using use meal times as triggers to remind you to drink water if you're somebody that really, really struggles with it. But hydration is crucial. Next one is foods, whole foods. I know, I know, we don't want to talk about dieting, and I'm really not going to talk about dieting here, but essentially you want to eat whole foods. You want to eat lots of veggies, lots of good protein, you know, less carbs, you know, less sugar. Fruit, we, you used to think fruit was so great for us, but guess what? Fruit's got a lot of sugar in it, and sugar is like a silent killer, my friend. So you really want to just stick to whole foods. If it was something that as a child you were like, I don't want to eat this shit, it's probably what you should be eating. But sticking to whole foods, and actually a great uh, thing that I love reading about is the fact that if you eat a rainbow assortment of foods, so foods of a variety of different colors, you know, eggplants, tomatoes, uh trying to think of cauliflower, broccoli, a variety of different colored foods, the color profile in foods is actually a really, really good indicator of the diversity of nutrients that's available in that that food. So if you eat a rainbow assortment of foods in your diet, you're getting a wider assortment of nutrients. If you tend to eat foods that are a very, very similar color, you're probably getting less of an assortment of foods, of, of nutrients from your foods. 
And it's really all about nutrients here. The reason why we lean so heavily on whole foods and lean you know, away from the processed crap is because we are trying to get the appropriate amount of micro and macronutrients in our diet. I'm not gonna get into what those are, any of that right now, because that is just beyond the scope of, frankly, my expertise and beyond the scope of this podcast episode. But it's very, very hard to get the appropriate amount of particularly micronutrients in our diet. So the more of a diversity of colors of foods, that's just a little hack that you can use to try to make sure you are drink, or you are eating an appropriate uh, nutrient profile of foods. The fourth tip I've got for you to help you prioritize your health is to prioritize movement. And notice I said movement here and not necessarily exercise. So often, so many of us get stuck on exercise as the only form of movement that we get throughout our day. But ultimately, you can kind of negate some of the beneficial effects of exercise if you're spending the rest of your day sitting on your butt. So I loved, I was reading this book called The Self-Disciplined Blueprint by Patrick Edblad, which I'll link in the show notes as well. And part of that book focused on movement and they broke it down into, I love this, they called it micronutrients, or not micronutrients, micro movements, mini movements, and macro movements. And essentially what this meant was the micro movements were very, very little things. They were things like when you're sitting at your desk, just changing your sitting position periodically, stretching periodically, you know, just even when you, you get out of bed in the morning, you know, giving yourself a nice big stretch, you know, doing a sun salutation when you first get out of bed, whatever. Those are all micro movements. They're small things. They're little things, you know, bouncing your feet up and down maybe while you're at, at your desk. All these little movements to just make sure you're keeping the blood flowing in your body and all the other liquids in your body flowing. So those are micro movements and we should make sure we're incorporating micro movements in throughout our day. The next one is mini movements. So mini movements would be things like uh, doing very, very low key exercise. So very, very low key yoga, like not the kind of like hot yoga where you're holding insane poses for however much time, but very, very low key yoga, um, longer periods of stretching, longer periods of things like Tai Chi, going for walks, you know, even like 5,000 steps or less. It doesn't have to be like a, I'm getting my 10,000 steps a day kind of thing here, but just going for walks, taking the stairs instead of taking the elevator. Those are all mini movements. We should incorporate those throughout our day. And then of course, lastly is your macro movements, which is ultimately exercise. Getting some sort of macro movement in, frankly, every day. And these would be, you know, doing a more intense yoga, a longer period of stretching, or, you know, your hit, your your CrossFit, you're going for a run, getting those in. I tend to shoot for a really intense period of exercise uh, four days a week, five days a week. Uh, and on the days where I'm not doing a more intense exercise, I'm doing an extended period of stretching, an extended period of yoga or walking or going for a hike or something like that. So that tends to be how I get my micro, mini and macro movements in throughout the day. And I highly suggest you do as well. So that was kind of long, but tip number one was don't set a New Year's resolution. And I gave you some other options to keep you very goal-oriented, but not necessarily fall into the New Year's resolution trap. The second tip is to prioritize your health. The third tip is to develop routines. I'm so big on routines. And at some point, you know, you guys will have to slide into my DMs and let me know if you want me to walk you through what my morning routine is. But I am huge on routines. Routines at work. You know, when you first sit your butt down in your office chair, do you have a routine for what you do? Routines in the morning, you know, what do you do when you wake up in the morning? 
routines in the evening, you know, home routines? Do you have a routine for how you go grocery shopping or do your laundry? Routines are so helpful. And so I highly suggest that to maximize your news, start to develop some routines in your life. Some places where you feel overwhelmed, that's probably a good indication that you need a little bit more of a routine there. If your morning is basically you launching yourself out of bed and realizing you hit snooze like 8,000 times and then flitting around your house like a crazy person before you go off to work, you might need to develop a morning routine. If when you get to work, you find yourself immediately just lost in the chaos of your inbox and constantly feel like you're not being as productive as you could be, maybe you need a work routine. You know, evening routines. If you find that you are not sleeping well or it's taking you forever to fall asleep, you might need an evening routine, like a pre-bed routine. You know, basically, here's the gist on routines. And this is something that I am kind of soapboxy about, I guess. Um, are We all have routines. We all have routines. But the question is ultimately, is your routine serving you? Are Is your routine being on your smartphone right up until the point where you close your eyes? Is your routine in the morning hitting snooze, you know, two dozen times? Is your routine at work constantly being at the beck and call of your inbox? Or do you have a routine that actually supports you and allows you to be your most effective, your most productive, your happiest, and your least overwhelmed, you know? That's ultimately what routines help you do is they make things more seamless. They make things more manageable. They make things so much less stressful and they make you just more effective and more productive. So develop some routines to really, really help you maximize your new year's. Um, I could do an entire podcast episode about routines. So maybe that's something I'll save for later because I could probably talk about it for another 20 minutes. But tip number three is develop routines. Tip number four is to use your mornings for you and your goals. So tip number one, we talked about how you can, you know, go about setting intentional quarterly goals. I gave you some suggestions for resources that you can use to figure out what those goals are. But ultimately, and I am big about this. We just talked about routines. I personally believe that your morning should be for you and your goals. If one of your goals is to exercise, do it in the morning. Do it before anything else can come up to distract you. Do it before you're going to have your kids or your coworkers or even your friends or significant others pulling at your time. If you do it in the morning and you do it first thing, that is you showing that this is a priority in my life because as soon as I open my eyes, this is how I'm spending my time. So exercise in the morning if that's a goal or a priority for you. If a priority for you is to you know really, really work on personal growth, really read more, take an online course, do that in the morning. I read in the morning. I read 50 books, over 50 books in 2018 because I really, really prioritized sitting down and reading in the morning. Maybe you're not a book person. Maybe you're an audiobook person, but whatever. Do that in the morning. Spend that time for you, growing yourself physically, growing yourself mentally and emotionally. If you're starting a business, you know, my whole foray into the coaching industry started as a side hustle, started as a side business, and oftentimes... I would work that in the morning. So if you're starting a business, work little, even just small aspects of that business in the morning. Whatever it is, build a part of your morning around that thing, around taking time for you to set yourself up for each and every day so that you can prioritize this thing that you have committed to and identified as a priority. Last but not least, set boundaries. This is going to be huge for you maximizing your New Year's. 
And we are going to talk so much more about this with our guests next Tuesday. But I want to talk about this in two respects. You need to set boundaries around your time and you need to set boundaries in your relationships. Around your time, how can you go about doing this? Ultimately, you can set boundaries around your time by taking your schedule a little bit more seriously. You know, so many of us say, you know, fitness is a priority for me or my, my business is a priority for me or, you know, spending time with my family or my significant other is a priority for me. But, and I'm a little bit of a pain in the ass about this with some of my, my clients is I will often ask, okay, cool, show me where that is in your schedule. Because let me just tell you, if it doesn't show up in your schedule, it's not a priority for you. Brendan Burchard, who we're going to talk about again with our podcast guest next week, he is a huge influence in my life and he's a huge mentor for me, whether he knows it or not. He always says ambition sucks without a calendar. So if you have something that you say is an ambition of yours, a priority for yours, and it's not in your calendar, guess what? It's not a priority for you. You haven't made that, frankly, mental commitment to yourself that this is a priority for you. So put it in your calendar. If you are prioritizing date night with your significant other in this new year, you need to put it in your calendar. Talk to them. Decide when you're going to do date night each week and put it in your freaking calendar. The exercise is a priority for you. Put it in your freaking calendar. Even though I have my morning routine down pat, which is when I exercise, it's still in my calendar. It gets a little redundant, I'm not going to lie, but it's still in my calendar because then when people tell you or ask you, you know, to, you know, go do a girl's night or go out to breakfast or go out to coffee or whatever, if they ask you to do something, you already have it in your calendar that you're not available at that time. Oh, so often we struggle with the people in our lives and the fact that we don't feel like they, they respect or support some of the commitments we've made to ourselves. But ultimately, if it's not on our calendar, we're letting them push our boundaries. We're letting them, you know, become, put themselves in and become a priority over the commitments we've made to ourselves. By not having something in our calendar, not making that explicit commitment to ourselves, we are letting other people override our own commitments. We are letting other people's priorities become ours. So it's really, really important if something is a priority for you to put it in your calendar. You want to hang out with your kids more? Put it in your calendar when you're going to do that. And I know when it comes to relationships, it gets a little hairy and it seems like you're, you know, you're trying to turn your relationship into an obligation, but that's not the point here. The point is you are setting the boundary that this is a priority to me and this is the time I'm going to dedicate to it. When it comes to your relationships, we have to set boundaries as well. You know, sometimes, and we're going to talk about this more in coming episodes, Sometimes there are people in our lives that don't necessarily support the priorities we have. Sometimes there are people in our lives that don't necessarily understand. You have to stay committed in spite of that. And sometimes there are people that we definitely want in our lives, we want to prioritize in our lives, but those priorities can be in conflict. And ultimately, here's the big thing. Setting boundaries in relationships is so often a question of support. But you have to, in these instances, express to this person what does support look like? Well, A, you have to explicitly ask for it. I want support from you in XYZ, in my business, in my, in my getting healthier, in my you know, pursuing, giving myself this time for me to pursue a hobby or, or a passion of mine. You have to ask for support because if you don't, how the hell are they going to know that they're supposed to give it to you? But part two is you have to tell them what support looks like. 
We talk about this a bit more in future episodes, but ultimately I've run into this issue a lot in the last few months. It's something that I'm admittedly still working on is the fact that I was expecting support from certain people in my life, but their version of supporting me didn't look like my version of support. And I never articulated to them, you know, support for me in this instance means you letting me, you know, get my workout in the morning before we go do this thing. Support for me in my business looks like you, you know, respecting the fact that I have a call and, you know, not vacuuming the house or whatever. You know, these are goofy examples, but you have to articulate what support looks like for you. Otherwise, the boundaries are unclear. So I know that's kind of a heavy one to end on, but those are my five tips to maximize your New Year's is don't set a New Year's resolution. I gave you some tips for how to, you know, navigate that, but set intentional quarterly goals or choose a word to set your intention for the year. Don't necessarily set a New Year's goal or a New Year's resolution. Tip number two is to prioritize your health. Tip number three is to develop your routines. Sorry, develop routines. <laughs> I get a little tongue-tied. And tip number, tip number four is to use your mornings for you and for your goals. And tip number five is to set boundaries. So those are my five tips for how you can maximize your New Year's and really, really take advantage of this headspace that so many of us are in this time of year, this headspace of giving yourself that clean slate, giving yourself that you know fresh start and allowing yourself to make those changes, make those big pivots and make some freaking transformation into 2019. I hope you enjoyed this episode um, and I'd love to hear some feedback from you guys. So don't forget to slide into my DMs. Uh, let me know what you thought about this. Also, I wanted to, before we wrap things up, do a little bit of a shameless plug for some of the stuff I've got coming up. So keep your eyes peeled. If you follow me on Instagram, if you follow me on uh, on Facebook, uh, or if you're just in my on my, my uh, email list, sorry, <laughs> Uh, if you're on my email list, keep your eyes peeled for I'm going to do a goal setting webinar where I walk you through one of my favorite tools for helping you really, really set intentional and practical goals for yourself. You know, goals that you can achieve, not just goals that you set and forget. So keep your eyes peeled for that. And also, I'm going to have some big things coming up in January. I am launching my monthly membership site, Growth Tribe Monthly. You know, love how this Growth Tribe thing has really come to color so much of what I believe about I want to do in my business. I want to create a community where personal growth is a priority and we're very intentional about how we use personal growth. So I'm gonna be launching a membership site coming up in mid-January. So if you wanna get in on that, please let me know. Slide into my DMs, follow me on Instagram at the Growth Tribe Podcast or at Coach Ellen. Um, or you can head to coachellen.com slash growth dash tribe. So with that, you all have a great New Year's Day, a great start to your New Year's, and we are going to kick things off January 8th with an unbelievable interview featuring somebody who has been a huge inspiration in my life and somebody who has really motivated me in some very more unconventional ways. So we're going to get into that next Tuesday. But until then, I hope you all are having a great start to your 2019 and I hope you all had a great holiday. Talk soon. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Growth Tribe podcast. Your support means the world and I really appreciate you helping me to share this message of the power of intentional personal growth and how it can help us transform our lives. If you really enjoyed this episode, go ahead and take a screenshot and share it on Instagram stories so I can thank you personally and maybe even shout you out. 
If you thought of someone when you're listening to this episode, go ahead and take this opportunity to share it with them so that they can experience it as well. And then last but not least, if you're loving what you're hearing from the Growth Tide podcast, go ahead and head on over to iTunes, subscribe, and give us a five-star review. Have a kick-ass day, friends, and I'll see you next time.